what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Just the West podcast. I'm your host, Just the West, and I hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. Week 12 in the NFL has passed, and we are on the final stretch, the final quarter of the NFL season as we digest the NFC West. Once again, let's go ahead and recap week 12, Thanksgiving week for the NFL. NFC West right now, we have the Seahawks. Eight and three coming off, uh, I won't say a convincing win, but it was pretty much a convincing win. Monday Night Football against the Philadelphia Eagles. They took care of business 23 to 17. I'd like to add that while the score is relatively close, 23 to 17, uh, I don't know if you guys saw, but the spread for this game was six and a half. Dot, dot, dot. The Eagles were. For the most part, through all four quarters, they were taken care of. They were accounted for. And it took a backdoor cover, uh, an essential Hail Mary, a 30-yard pass in the end zone, in which the initial receiver couldn't catch it. It was deflected, per se. And the deflection went to the second receiver, a tight end, where he dove, caught it one-handed, and got the touchdown. Conversely, they went for two. Interesting. They went for two and they converted the two-point conversion. And so you get 23-17 to 17 where the Seahawks won by six. Once again, the spread was six and a half. So Vegas comes away with some money. For all those that took the Seahawks six and a half, I am sure they were not happy with the outcome. Seahawks eight and three, first place. Second place. I won't say hanging by a thread, but the Rams are second place at 7-4, and four, in which, you know, every divisional win counts, especially in the NFC West, and they lost to the Niners 23-20, to a game in which, even, even for myself, as much as I like to support the Niners and being from the Bay Area, I expected the Rams to convincingly win this one this was at the rams in la but they came up short jared goff came up short we can talk about that more in detail but kyle shanahan sean mcveigh that rivalry is at least up to this point it's been one-sided shanahan remains undefeated against mcveigh and so the niners essentially sweep the rams in the division for the second time in the past two seasons. But anyways, Rams 7-4, second place. The Cardinals are 6-5. This is why I mean that every victory is important in the NFC West. Because Seahawks 8-3, Rams 7-4, Cardinals 6-5. and five. And this was a really weird game just when you look at the stats. Because this Cardinals defense took care of business. Cam Newton, I... <laughs> He only had like 80, 85 yards passing, two interceptions, no touchdowns, but the Cardinals lost this game. They lost 17 to 20. They lost 17 and 20 in which they allowed the Patriots to go up the field and get the go-ahead field goal, thanks to Nick Folk. But conversely, their own kicker in Zach Gonzalez, he missed an opportunity in this game. He missed a field goal. What led the Patriots to get in position for this game-winning field goal was a very, in my opinion, 
questionable call on rookie linebacker Isaiah Simmons with the Cardinals. Simmons got a really tough roughing the passer call for 15 yards and essentially set up the Patriots for the go-ahead field goal. Simmons, he's he's been playing well in the last couple games, but this was probably a game to forget. He had two personal fouls this game. One earlier in the, in the first quarter, and this one was essentially sealed the loss for the Cardinals. Yeah, 17-20, uh, Cardinals 6-5. and five. Really tough division because now things get really interesting. Last place, you have the Niners at 5-6, and six, but mentioned before, they swept the Rams, um, came out with the victory 23-20, to 20. and in the big scheme of things, I don't think that the Niners are going to win the NFC West division, but in regards to the wild card, especially since there's two wild card spots in this year's playoff positioning, can the Niners make a run? Can they stay healthy enough now with Sherman back, Mostert, Devo, who played all three of them played amazing football for them back and healthy against the Rams. But can this team patch it together and make what I'd say just all things considered didn't see coming? Can they make a late season playoff push? I don't know. Anyway, that's that's week 12 in the NFC West. Let's go ahead and talk about the matchups at hand as we go into week 13. I'm excited for week 13. This is, for most fantasy football leagues, this is going to be the last regular week for fantasy football matchups before you get into playoffs. So for those that do play fantasy football, best of luck in your leagues. Either you're already clinched, you're, you're out, like undoubtedly out, or you're right on that brink for a playoff spot. So best of luck. For those that are playing fantasy football for this week, let's go for week 13. Okay, guys? So, let's get it. Three games in the NFC West, week 13, because one of them in particular is a divisional game. Let's start off hot. One o'clock game, Pacific Standard Time. We have the Rams coming off a disappointing game against the Niners, but they get... A chance to rebound and show that that loss was perhaps a fluke. Jared Goff, I'm looking at you because they are playing another divisional rival. Going on the road where the Cardinals are hosting and both teams need a win. The Cardinals, oh my god, if they were to lose this, they would go to 500. The Rams, same thing too. I mean, they're they're in. They're all in the mix right now. The Seahawks are eight and three. The Niners are five and six. There is not that much room in this division, for Christ's sake. Okay, let alone to make a playoff berth. Let alone to win the division. Um, shout out to what we have seen in the NFC West in regards to competition. But Vegas has opened the line with the Rams favored by three on the road against the Cardinals, over under forty eight and a half. And I don't disagree with this. This is going to be. You know, all things considered, a nice feisty game. And looking at the McVay-Kingsbury rivalry, uh, a new, both young head coaches. But as of right now, McVay has had his number against Kingsbury. So what can we expect in this divisional matchup? Like I mentioned before, divisional importance. You have to win your divisional games. And especially for this last quarter of the season, every every 
every win, every game counts. And so let's go ahead and divulge into it. So when the Rams have the football, Cardinals are on defense. I mean, the first thing that I'm thinking of, and this is what I've been alluding to this entire podcast, has been Jared Goff. Jared Goff had two interceptions last week, a fumble. Like, he has been... uh, I saw this on another... Where did I get? I forget it. But Jared Goff has turned the ball over in multiple games. I think he has fumbled it the last five games. Has it really been five games? It's been pretty bad, man. Jared Goff needs to take better care of the football. I don't know what's going on with him right now. Maybe it's just the Niners. Maybe the Niners have a thing for him. But uh, we've seen some Jekyll and Hyde from the Rams franchise quarterback. And I get it, Rams fans. I Rams nation just, it's frustrating. I, I've seen some people on different forums saying, like, hey, bench his ass, start Wolford, and let's give it another look. I don't think, especially for the Rams, being in playoff contention, that's the best idea i don't think that wolford necessarily gives you the best chance of winning over golf considering that he's been i don't know like what a practice squad quarterback pretty much the entirety of his career but guys i i I get the frustration i get the frustration i know it's been it's been a lot the highs and lows of jerry goff and even for the niners faithful you can make that same sort of analogy with jimmy garoppolo the highs and lows because both quarterbacks have taken their teams to the super bowl and have fallen well, rather flat. So for Jerry Goff, uh, going to Arizona, he needs to have a rebound game. He needs to show Sean McVay and this team that, yeah, no, uh, I, I got this. This is this is my team. This is my offense. I can get this back on track. And he certainly can. You know, he's always gotten his weapons in Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. Shoot, you've seen a lot of balls thrown his way for Joshua Reynolds. I mean, yeah, there are... Plenty of plenty of options for this Rams team. I mean, it's been one of those things where the defense has been outplaying the offense the last couple of games, but this offense is no slouch. Um, this passing game, I know it's been predicated on a lot of play action, but uh, Jared Goff, I don't care if he... I mean, obviously all quarterbacks need a strong run game, but regardless, Jared Goff needs to be better. He needs to be that guy. Now, conversely, talking about play action, let's talk about this run game because this run game uh, between Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown, I, I swear, they were averaging like, what, two yards a carry against the Niners? They didn't do so hot. And, you know, going into the season, it was supposed to be a three-headed attack with Henderson, with Brown, with Akers. The whole approach for the season was to have three notable backs to keep the backfield fresh. And have him ready for playoff time. It's kind of worked. You've seen glimpses of it. A lot of good things from Henderson and Brown. Last week, starting to see some glimpses of the rookie, Cam Akers. But, you know, overall, uh, they did not run the ball well last week. And that's that put the whole game in in a tizzy, you know, in terms of time of possession and, and whatnot. I'd be intrigued to see how the backfield carry distribution goes this week around for week 13 because you saw a lot of good things from acres he had a 60 yard run topped off by a one yard touchdown run good for him for coming out balling out for this team because henderson and brown against the niners didn't look that good at all uh does acres get more love this time around he's gonna make a 
final strong push for the season where, you know, coming out the second round from Florida State, I kind of fi- figured that he would eventually be the workhorse. It's, uh, well, we're into week 13 right now. Hasn't happened, but that doesn't mean it cannot happen. Like, maybe this is the time. I'm just saying. Are we going to see some more acres? There are certain things that he does well. There's a reason why he was drafted so highly with the, with the I don't know, in the 40th, 45th, 46th pick in the draft. Uh, I'd like to see a little bit more acres. I'm just saying. But overall, sloppy execution has really hindered this Rams offense. It's been the defense that's been dominating and getting all the, the accolades lately. So I'd like to see for this Rams Overall, they have one of the more balanced teams in the NFL, both top 10 in offense and defense. I like to see the offense sort of match, kind of match, try to match this defense. So conversely for the Cardinals, when I'm on defense, I mean, you know, they did a pretty good job against the Patriots. Cam Newton mentioned before he had two interceptions, only allowed 20 points, but yeah, they... um, they will have their hands full against the Rams, especially a Rams team that should be pretty pissed off. I think the Cardinals defense is a decent group, you know, decent. You've seen some spurts. They, they've had their moments. But, uh, yeah, this is going to be a challenge for the Cardinals defense, depending on what sort of quarterback play you get out of Jerry Goff. Goes back to Jerry Goff. I'm just going to flat out say it for this Rams team. So, conversely, when the Cardinals have the football and Kyler Murray is under center. Well, what is up with his shoulder right now? Because a couple weeks ago against the Seahawks, Thursday Night Football, he got hurt, played throughout the game. His shoulder was bothering him. It was pretty notable. He said it was okay, played against the Patriots, and you know he was still able to make plays, but let's just call a spade a spade when you see it. Uh, he hasn't been the same. He's been a little bit more hesitant as a passer. His running has been a little bit more, I don't know. It's just everything cohesively has not been as sharp as what you saw earlier this season. So what can we expect against this Rams defense? Because this Rams defense, mentioned it before, they are playing. They're not even a top 10 defense. They're a top five, if not top two, if not the best defense in the NFL, statistically speaking. They've been playing very good, sound football. Shout out to, hopefully, Defensive Player of the Year, Aaron Donald. Shout out to cornerback, lockdown cornerback, Jalen Ramsey. Shout out to this young defensive core that's coming to their own, to Darius Williams, to John Johnson III, to Ekubom. Like, you know, these guys, they've been they've been playing some pretty solid football. Leonard Floyd, yeah. I know the Rams lost last week, but it wasn't because of their defense. Their defense actually got them back in the game. Aaron Donald forced an interception, forced a fumble. They had a defensive touchdown. Like, they've been doing their job. And so, yeah, I think, obviously, this Rams defense is much better than this Cardinals defense. And so, when you have the Cardinals under center, um, it's going to be a challenge. Not going to lie, especially if you don't have Kyler Murray 100%, uh, especially if uh, if this passing game can't extend. Because here's the thing about Kyler Murray in this offense, this, this air raid offense. For all intents and purposes, 
the perception with Kingsbury is supposed to be this high-flying, high-octane, high-passing, 10 personnel, four wide receivers, zero tight end sort of offense. But what we've seen, at least the last couple of weeks, has been it's been a lot of dink and dunk. I mean, sure, yeah, he'll, he'll get the completions. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, average pass completion yardage, it's, it's been a lot of horizontal, a lot of quick screens. Uh, not, I mean, it moves the chains, but... Down the field, it, mind you, you know, Hale Murray against the Bills with DeAndre Hopkins, but they've been missing some bigger plays lately. Just going to say it, DeAndre Hopkins, when he goes up against Jalen Ramsey, that is going to be the matchup of the game. DeAndre Hopkins, he's got, I think, by far the most targets in the NFL. Murray loves to throw to, to to Hopkins, uh, but Ramsey, I don't know. Is he going to lock down? Is he going to be assigned specifically to DeAndre Hopkins? That should be something that I'd be really intrigued to see who's going to win that matchup. So, I mean, conversely, you have Hopkins, you have Kirk on the other outside. The slot should be very, well, so... Ramsey does well. Darius Willem does well. I'd say the, the weak soft spot for this Rams secondary would be their nickelback spot. So it's going to be Troy Hill against Larry Fitzgerald. And Larry Fitzgerald, while consistent as he is, he's been a little bit quiet lately. This might be a good time to let him know. Let him know his name. Put some respect on my name. But I think that Larry Fitz in the slot could be a very opportunistic situation for this Cardinals. Likely Fitzgerald will go against Troy Hill. Let's see what happens. Uh, Troy Hill, David Long, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, But let's go ahead and circle back. So put this all together. Pissed off Rams team. Cardinals, they're pissed off too, losing to the Patriots in in a shitty manner. But I think at the end of the day, apples to apples, this Rams defense is much better than this Cardinals defense. And considering that Murray is in 100%, it's going to be a tough game. Uh, could it be an Aaron Donald sort of game where he breaks through, brings that interior pass rush, and really gives Kyler Murray some trouble? Possibly. Donald's certainly done that against Russell Wilson in years past. And not saying that they're the same, but you know, they're, they're kind of the same. So go ahead and give me the Rams 28-20. to 20. Rams come out with the win, and the NFC West continues to be a competitive AF Division. Okay, other one o'clock game on Sunday. You have the Seahawks hosting the New York Giants. And why is well? I know why. The Seahawks are favored by eleven over under forty-seven. Uh, I think that the lineman would have been this high already, but to make this even more sweet and take it for what it is. But uh, yeah, Seahawks are favored by eleven because Daniel Jones, Dan- Danny Dimes, is not playing this game. He um, he strained his hammy last week, and so you're going to have, and I don't, shoot, I mean, in terms of throwback Thursday, Bridge, you're going to get former Texas Longhorn, Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy, he's going to get the start. I don't think he's played a game since, like, what, 2017, 2018. Last game he played against was against the Patriots, and he had, like, two interceptions and a fumble. Anywho, um, so Colt McCoy gets the start uh, at Seattle. 11 over under 47. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, just based off my tone, I won't say that this is going to be a cakewalk because any given Sunday, no game is fully guaranteed. But 
I would be very surprised if the Seahawks lost at home to a Colt McCoy-led New York Giants team. couple things to consider. Jamal Adams has got six and a half sacks already. He's been... It's been pretty aggressive lately, and the funny thing is, like, going into it, a lot of people kind of wondered, myself included, kind of pondered, you know, how are they going to use Jamal Adams? The Jets use him, like, all across the field, and you've kind of seen that, too. If anything, he's probably been their best pass rusher. I don't know if that's good or bad to have your safety as the best pass rusher, but he has been tremendous. He His presence against Carson Wentz and the Eagles last week on the primetime spot, yeah, you saw him. He, he was out there. So you have him out there. Carlos Dunlap, he's questionable. I think he should play. But this Seattle defense is getting hot at the right time. Have they turned a page? Is this the Seahawks defense that we're going to get in December, into January, into postseason? You get what I'm saying. But I'm starting to get a little bit excited about this Seattle defense. Um, They couldn't do any worse than what they did earlier in the season. I'll tell you that. And shout-out to cornerback Shaquille Griffin. He's been out with injury, like, what, the last four weeks? He's slated to get the cert this week. And for a cornerback that's going to be a free agent this upcoming offseason, this is his time to make some plays and put up the stat sheets and make your case as the top cornerback in this league. Well, to be paid as such. But think about it. Colt McCoy... This week, next week, they get Sam Darnold and the Jets, and then you get Alex Smith and the Washington football team. Yeah, man, I would be very intrigued to see how Griffin takes advantage of the opportunity because he should have plenty of opportunities, not necessarily because of the quarterbacks, but to really display uh, what he can do as a true number one cornerback because for this game, he'll either have, what, Darius Slayton, Golden Tate, um, Sterling Shepard. I mean... the Giants have good receivers, okay? And then even even the week after that, there are some notable receivers on the schedule. So can Shaquille Griffin take the opportunity coming off injury to show himself? I'd like to see that. Perfect opportunity against the New York Giants. Uh, so conversely, when the Seahawks have the football, and I expect them, by theory, if this defense takes advantage of this opportunity... This offense should have the football quite often in terms of T.O.P., time of possession. But things to look at when the Seahawks have the football, when Russell Wilson is under center. uh, It's been nice. It's been nice to finally get their running backs healthy. So from what I understand, Chris Carson, Carlos Hyde, DJ Dallas, I mean, Travis Homer, like they're all healthy now, thank God. Okay, so they're all back. Even... Rashad Penny, he's starting to practice again. And so last quarter of the season, you should have the run game come back. And that should pay dividends because this already explosive offense is going to get even better by theory. Because if play action gets going and Russell Wilson continues to cook, you're already seeing the numbers with our boy DK Metcalf. He is budding into a star in this league. Um, The comp for him has been Calvin Johnson. And actually, if you look from a apples-to-apples comparison... Calvin Johnson versus Metcalf through the first nth amount of games at this point in their careers. DK Metcalf actually has better numbers than Calvin Johnson at this early stage in his career. So if the run game can get going, I'll be intrigued to see what sort of backfield distribution on carries. Because as Pete Carroll has kind of alluded to, uh, they might go with a committee sort of approach. I saw that last week that Carlos Hyde got more carries. I think 14 carries to Carson's 10. 
maybe they go with the hot hand, but I'll be intrigued to see how this run game goes moving forward. And then in regards to the trenches, whether it's the run game, passing game, what, what have you, but this offensive line, it could be intriguing because this Giants defensive line, whether it's Leonard Williams or Dexter Lawrence, I mean, they got some playmakers. What makes it notable is for the right tackle spot on this Seahawks offensive line, they're pretty much down to their third stringer. Brandon Shell is out. Cedric Abui is out. Well, he has questionable, but he hasn't practiced the whole week. So that means they're going to use Jamarco Jones as their right tackle. Uh, so, yeah, on the interior, Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams, there should be some opportunity. Uh, some concern, but... I still feel pretty confident about the Seahawks offense, but just saying, uh, you might see a little bit of uh, a little bit of fight in, in this Giants defense, and maybe I'm downplaying the Giants, but I just I just don't see it. I just, I just don't see it. So all in all, I don't want to get too much into this. I think this is a game where the Seahawks should take care of business, especially at home, uh, especially against an inferior opponent. And so go ahead and give me the Seahawks, thirty-one to seventeen. Sorry, Colt McCoy. Sorry, Giants, but 31-17. to 17. I don't think there's going to be a, a backdoor cover. But, you know, no, I mean, against the Eagles, it certainly happened. I'd be intrigued to see how this game goes around and how Vegas... Um, anyways, well, no comment. Monday Night Football. Monday Night Football, the last game in the NFC West slate. Monday Night Football in which the Bills are going to go on the road to San Francisco 49ers. Santa Clara 49ers. No, the Arizona 49ers because this game will be in Glendale, Arizona. The same stadium, State Farm Stadium, where the Cardinals are. So I don't know if you guys have kept track of the news, but in light of COVID-19, in light of Santa Clara County in California, all sporting activities, um, which includes you know the high school, collegiate, professional level in Santa Clara County has been outlawed for COVID-19 with all those concerns in California. And so the Niners, they can't even practice over there, man. So they literally just audibled and found a new home in Glendale, Arizona, in which for the next couple of home games, for the, pretty much for the next month, they're going to be in Arizona as their second home. Okay, so it's interesting because on Sunday, the Cardinals host the Rams, and then the very next day, that stadium is going to turn into Niner territory, quote-unquote Niner territory. And so it's interesting to think about this, but looking at this line, so I believe the Bills were favored by by four opening line, and then I saw the line throughout the week move to two and a half, two. Well, as of now... Checking out the line, it's San Francisco. The Niners favored by one over under 47 and a half. So this is a very intriguing game because, you know, I, I was down on the Rams, especially losing to the Niners the previous week. But let's give a lot of credit for the Niners. And maybe this is go, goes back to public perception. They're five and six right now. They have, well, finally somewhat healthy, but like they have their offense is finally coming together, at least for their skill positions, because Going into this week, you're going to have Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Mostert, even Tevin Coleman, Jeff Wilson. Like These guys are all healthy for the first time in like forever. So perhaps that amount of optimism and what you saw against the Rams with Sherman coming back and having a really sweet interception. I mean, yeah, you feel the momentum. Is it full? 
going back to San Francisco, is this fool's gold? Uh, well, seems like the public is on the Niners right now. But let's look at this matchup. I mean, Bills, they have eight wins right now. They are right there, slated to take the AFC East, in my opinion, win the division, and they are no slouches. Josh Allen has been, I mean, this season, at a, in his third year, he's finally coming into his own. A true dual-threat quarterback, that OG Cam Newton sort of build in terms of the stats, dual-threat as a runner, as a big-arm passer, and so he's going to be the most important variable for this Niners team because, you know, while they remain a top 10 unit, surprisingly, this pass rush, it's just carry Hyder. Uh, they get DJ Jones back, but they don't really have that many go-to pass rushers on this team. And, you know, injuries aside, D Ford, Nick Bosa, yeah, it's going to be really tough to contain Josh Allen. What are they going to do against him? What is Fred Warner their star linebacker, what is he going to do to defend Josh Allen, especially in the open field? We'll see. That's something that I'm looking at. Uh, another thing notably is this Niners secondary. Sherman's back. Rhett is the opposite starting cornerback. And now you're going to have Mosley as the nickel back. Sucks, but, you know, K1 Williams is still out. Jamar Taylor is out for the season with an ACL injury. Uh, so that means Mosley gets the not a nickel back. It's going to be uh, an interesting matchup because this Bills passing offense, you have Stefan Diggs, that should be a really primetime matchup. Sherman, Diggs, you want to see that. And then they have some pretty um some pretty crafty receivers in their own right in the slot. Cole Beasley, speed over the top in John Brown. Yeah man, I mean this is a pretty good offense to really evaluate. But it really depends on Josh Allen. Josh Allen, he's been he's been good, but he can be had. He can be had for sure. I mean uh, if, especially if you can contain him when he gets out the pocket as a runner. Make him one-dimensional per se. Things could get a lot more competitive. Let's just say that. So, yeah, that's a, that's a concern when the Bills have the ball. But conversely, when Nick Mullins is under center for the Niners, well, I mean, it sucks that they're playing at Arizona for their home game, but maybe it's a blessing because this Cardinals... Niners Glendale this Glendale Stadium is indoors and so that means that they're speedy guys Debo Samuel Mostert Ayuk they should play fast here on this field and here's the thing for December I think this is the healthiest they've they've been um and well rested mind you because they're coming off bye weeks and COVID and all like a lot of these players they haven't played that much football in the last couple of weeks and so you know Ayuk, he missed last game because of COVID-19 guidelines, and so he hasn't really been playing some football. Uh, same thing goes for Mostert. I mean, Mostert, you saw him make his debut last week, but overall, the, the tread is rather light. And so if they want to make this playoff push, I mean, this could be a blessing in disguise because usually come December, they're they're battered. I mean, I know last... I mean, they are still better. Don't, don't get me wrong. But last season, like, it, it was really tough because they had such an early bye week uh, where they didn't get that much time to recoup on their injuries. So this time around, this is a fresh Niners offense. Uh, but it really goes back to Nick Mullins and what we can expect from him because this offense continues to be based off yards after contact. And Nick Mullins just needs to put the ball in the right place. He needs to manage this game. Kyle Shanahan needs to call it a sound game against uh, an ascending Buffalo Bills defense. 
by the way. But I think that there were some frustrations from the Niners faithful when you look at Nick Mullins last week against the Rams because, you know, while they did come out with the win, not well, it wasn't necessarily because of Mullins. I mean, there were plenty of opportunities where Mullins should have completed some easier throws. Um, there was one especially to Jordan Reed down the middle. Amongst others last week where you kind of cringe, uh, it does make you wonder if Jimmy G was under center in that instance. But anyways, they still have Mullins. They have no choice. Uh, you know, you've seen some up and downs, obviously, with Mullins under center, but they need to have him play a clean game. Mentioned before, this Bills defense, the first half of the season, they weren't such a hot defense. But if you look at the stats, the last um, like four or five games, they've... They've come back. They've come back. Tredavis White, as a cornerback, is playing, well, shut down cornerback sort of football. Ed Oliver, yeah, they're, they're coming back as a defense. And so, especially for this this Niners offense, I mean, this offensive line, uh, mind you, Trent Williams, but, you know, McGlinchey and, and the guards, it's been it's been okay this year. And so that's, that's something to keep in mind. I think that I'm, well, I'm hoping that this offense can take that next step and put up some points against this Bills team because, yeah, I don't know if you can tell by the excitement for, for myself personally, but to have everyone back, at least for uh, the receivers, the running backs, I mean, that's something that gets me excited. So I don't know. I mean, public perception is now on the Niners. Am I getting ahead of myself? Are our fans, are, are, is Vegas getting ahead of themselves based off the momentum? Possibly. Possibly. So let's go ahead and circle this back, okay? So I think that, you know, for Monday Night Football uh, at Arizona at an indoor stadium, this could be a higher scoring game. I can certainly see that Niners, their defense has been better, but they are certainly susceptible to big plays, especially with a playmaker like Josh Allen. Didn't think I'd say that two years ago, but in his third year, a playmaker, a dual threat quarterback like Josh Allen, should give this Niners team uh, some fits. So circling back, I think the Niners can come away with this win and keep this NFC West division really interesting um, because I mentioned before, if the Cardinals lose to the to the Rams this week, they would be 6-6. Six and six, And if the Niners win, they would be 6-6. Six and six. That makes... And then you got the final four games of the season, right? Uh, so go ahead and give me the Niners uh, 27. Give me the Bills... Uh, 21, 27-21, a nail-biter, uh, something where if they were to do this, and then after that, uh, they, they play the Washington football team, they play the Cowboys, and then it gets really tough, followed by the by the Cardinals and Seahawks. I mean, oh my God. If Jimmy G can get healthy, same thing with Kittle, for the last stretch of the season, maybe I'm, maybe I'm counting my eggs before they hatch, but something to keep in mind in the NFC West. So once again, thank you so much for checking out the Just the West pod, whether you continue to do that on iTunes or Spotify. I just want to recap on my predictions. I have the Cardinals losing to the Rams 28-20. to I have the Seahawks taking out the Giants 31-17. to And I have the Niners up on top on Monday Night Football 27-21 to over the Bills. Uh, continue to check out the pod. Also on Twitter, at Just the West, Instagram, at Just the West, and of course the blog, which I need to do more of, but it's www.justthewest.com. Once again, my name's Just the West, and have a good one. We out here. Peace. <laughs>